You're listening to Our Two Cents with the team from SGL Financial, building wealth for life. Steve Lewitt is the president of SGL Financial and Gabriel Lewitt is the CEO. They're here to discuss all the latest in financial news, trends, strategies, and more. Hello and good morning and welcome to Our Two Cents. You've got today, of course, Gabriel Lewitt and Mr. Stephen Lewitt. Cent one, cent two. Two cents here. Here to (laughs) talk to you about... And the third cent gave the countdown. Yeah, so we've got, of course, producer Katie in the room. The best best countdown Refuses to join the show and give us some of her insights and wisdom. Maybe one day, folks. We keep trying. Ms. Mystery. But we got a good show lined up for you today. We're going to talk about something we're going to attempt to make exciting called the debt ceiling Mm. because it's actually important to know about. So stay tuned for that. We're going to get to that here in just a minute. And then we're going to talk a little bit about a start of the year checklist. Okay. Right. Because we're we're still, you know, at what point do you stop saying, I got a question for you, Dad. Yes. At what point in the year do you stop saying Happy New Year? January 1st. Second. (laughs) January 2nd. It's like it's done. No. It's over. No. Producer Katie. Celebrate. You're not on the show, but I'm going to just ask you anyways like you were. And then, what, what what date would you stop saying Happy New Year to people? Hmm. February first. February first. Okay. What do you think, folks? It's a good question, right? Yeah, it is. Well, yeah. Happy New Year again. Actually, we have clients coming in. I see them for the yeah. first time, and they say Happy New Year. Would you do that in February first? Mm, no, I'd be talking about taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year gets replaced. Well, so my how point. Much am, how much am I going to have to pay in taxes? <laughs> my point in all that was you have a certain amount of time where you can do a, a New Year checklist before time runs out, similar to time running out saying Happy New Year. Now, is a checklist the same as a resolution? Well, this is different than resolutions. Right. I think last year we did resolutions. Yes. I don't remember for sure. I think we did. But yeah. this year I didn't want to do the same as last year. So brainstorming here, we thought about a new year planning checklist for, what for you the, out there, our valued listeners. Well, let's clarify. What is the difference between a resolution and a checklist? Well, that's very easy, actually. Okay. Resolution, you're resolving to do a certain thing, and a checklist is uh, recommended. Is but you have not made the resolution. You could make a resolution to do the checklist. Yes, I see. You yes. see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I have the checklist, and my resolution is I'm going to go through the checklist yes, and sir. actually see if I check out. So we might get both a checklist and a resolution here today. We'll okay. see. Okay. We'll see how the cookie crumbles. All right. All right. So to kick things off, though, based on basically timeliness is why we're talking about this, the debt ceiling Yes. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what it is and uh, but r- in just a second here but the point is is that the uh, debt is set to hit that debt ceiling this Thursday. Yes. And there are potentially bad consequences if it does. Yes. Okay. So I know Mr. Economist here Stephen Lewitt extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> he has Are you catering to my ego? Some background on such such topics such as the debt ceiling. Yes. Would you like to give a short introduction onto what this is very for simple. people that aren't familiar a, with it? It is very, very simple. It's simply a law that says there's so much money that the U.S. can borrow mm-hmm. and they cannot borrow. It's like a credit limit on your credit card. Yes. You know, if you got a $10,000 limit on your credit card and you try to spend $11,000, they are not going to let you do it. Well, yeah. So the government has a cap on borrowing of 31.4 trillion dollars 
and we are right up against that. And once it reaches that limit, it can't borrow money to pay bills. So, right. it, so it uses something called extraordinary measures, and I've never really dived into what they are, but that allows them to reallocate uh, funds that allow them to keep paying bills. But what happens is eventually uh, those measures run out and then you cannot pay your bills. And just like a consumer, if you can't pay your bills, your credit rating goes down. Mm, bad things happen. Bad, like if we can't yeah. pay the interest, like the, the, the debt is $31.4 the interest on the debt, I think it's about $440 billion, and you have to pay the interest on the debt. Well, um, and some of these, the questions I'm going to ask you here, I, I could explain, and I know the answer to, but rhetorically, and to you know, make a little more engagement here in, in the, the topic, I'm going to ask you some of these questions, and I'll give you the chance to you know, kick off the answers here. Yeah, but we're but, not, not going to do a grading system. No, You're no, not, not going to say, I got an A, B, C, no, or D. No, we're no. not going to We're do just that. doing a discussion today. Just, just no, a, no test. So no test today. So the question is, why is the debt increasing to the point where it's reaching the debt ceiling? It's just like any other debt. We spend more than we make. Right. There's it's, called deficit. It's very, very simple. It's In many ways, it's like a consumer debt. The only difference is the government has the ability to borrow and print money, whereas a consumer doesn't. But otherwise, it's exactly the same. If you spend more money than you make, you go into debt. Right. And we spend a lot more money than we make. The GNP, the gross national product, uh, you know, the debt is... 25% more than the gross national product. So the debt is more than 25% more than what we produce. Mm. In 1955 or 57, I don't remember the exact date, the debt was 25% of what we produce. So it was a lot more manageable. Um, and as the years have gone by in different administrations, everybody likes spending because that's what gets them voted, so even Republicans and Democrats have increased the debt, uh, the spending, and increased the debt. Yeah. So so there's a problem here because the debt is going up. Yes. The debt ceiling is capped. Yes. Uh, it seems like it should be simple, right? You would just you know raise the debt limit, but it isn't that simple, which is why this is making the news right now. So in recent years, uh, not even recently, I mean 20 plus years or so, it seems to be a battle every single time the debt limit goes or needs increasing. Yeah, it's, it's, it depends on the party in power. You know, <laughs> when the Dems are in power, they want to spend, and uh, when the and the Republicans don't want to raise the debt ceiling, and they make a big stink over it, and vice versa. And then when they get elected, they say we're not going to spend, but they do. So <laughs> it's kind of it's politics. Yeah, so it's turning into a basically a political match every single time this deadline approaches. As opposed to historically in older in, in kind of older times, it was almost just a default. Okay, let's raise it. Yeah, older times would be when I was younger. That <laughs> <laughs> would be older times. Well, I would have been younger too. Oh, you yeah, you would have been unborn younger. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So it used to be automatic because look, you got to pay your debt. Uh, but now it's uh, you know there are different economic theories about this. There are economic theories that say the debt's not a problem. Well, one of the yeah. one of the questions here is why don't they just eliminate the debt ceiling? Well, because uh, why would somebody give you a credit card with no credit limit? 
<laughs> when you don't, when you have no uh, income or very low income, hmm. it, it's the same thinking now. Some mo- control mechanism. Yeah, most yeah. countries don't have a debt ceiling. They just can do whatever they do, and that that is an ingredient. That's a it's a free card to spend. So that's not good either. But at the same time, if politics get in the middle of this, because Democrats are screaming, uh, Republicans now are screaming, "Oh, cut all cut, cut expenses, cut expenses, cut expenses." Uh, when when the when the Republicans got in on that same th- theory, the, the last administration has spent they they, in, <laughs> they increased the deficit more than uh, almost uh, as much as Obama increased the be- uh, yeah, deficit. So so you both, know it's like both sides are like speaking out of the other side of their mm, uh, with forked tongues. Forked tongues. Forked tongues. We got nice forked, way of saying that. Forked tongue politics. Yeah. Say, say that quickly a few times. <laughs> but what's really dangerous for us and consumers is that if if you can't borrow money if you can't pay your bills then you what do you do you got to shut down the government or you've got to or you get defaulted or you get a credit rating that borrowing goes down the dollar becomes worth less and 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 that's not good not worthless worth worth less. less yeah yeah so there's definitely some concern about what would happen if this doesn't get resolved the good news is traditionally the two parties end up hammering something out but it still is uh, always newsworthy and something to pay attention to so if you hear a little bit more now on the news about the debt ceiling Perhaps you've got a little further glimpse into what that means and uh, and what it's all about. Yeah, I, I think it goes further than that, Gabriel, because, you know, uh, we believe because there is a debt ceiling and because there's so much money being spent and because interest rates are rising and because the interest on the debt is rising, that taxes will go up in the future. And that that creates another part of saying, what are you doing in your investments, especially your qualified funds, which are IRAs and 401ks and 403bs, to protect the value of your investments if taxes go up in the future. Yep. And that's another topic that I just wanted to put that well, in Well, they're there. all interlinked. And part of what we always talk about with finance and you know retirement planning, investment planning, all these parts are always linked together, right? The stock market is linked to the, the economics. Economics is linked to political policies. Uh, so many things in this industry, in this field are linked and integrate it together. Well, just like in in our business, if you take a holistic approach, you know, because you you get a healthier result. If you just focus on the debt and forget about the fact that this infrastructure of the United States is falling apart, you know, uh, you've got to take a holistic approach to be, just like with your health. To be healthy, you got to take a holistic approach, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Economist. You're very welcome. We appreciate your joining us for the show. I'll send, I se- <laughs> I'll send my bill um, by mail. Oh, uh, by my uh, producer, mail. Katie, said that you were joining us uh, free of charge today. Oh, Economist Lewitt. Was this pro bono? <laughs> was, so, hey, when I put my economist uh, hat on, I get, I get a fee, <laughs> don't I? Uh, well, I do think we gave you a free coffee, right? Yeah, today? yeah we did. Yes, okay. Excellent. Also, cookies from Ukraine. <laughs> we pull out all the stuff. We, we have, folks, we have Ukrainian cookies here. They're really good. <laughs> well, that's a story for a different day. But moving on to our next episode. Well, episode. Did you try the rum balls that one of my clients made? I did not. You have to try the rum balls. I don't know if they're still good. They're still good. When does a New Year yeah, or I holiday think, cookie think, go bad? I think there's only one left. <laughs> I'll save it for you. All right. So let's talk a little bit about a New Year checklist. 
So many things are always floating around in your financial world, I'm sure. Some of them, as anything, imagine you've got a personal life to-do list. Well, I don't know if you do like mine. It's very long. I never get to all of it. Well, we all tend to have a financial or retirement or investment checklist and just like everything else, we probably don't have time to get through it all as well. But periodically, it can be a good idea to review it together uh, with us or by yourself and see if there's anything that jumps to the forefront as being a higher priority. Or as you said earlier, Dad, someone could make a resolution to tackle all these this year and make sure that they are making uh, good progress and headway on their to-dos on the financial side of things. Or just to check in on everything. Did you make this list? It's a good list. Of course. Yeah, it's really good. Well, thank you. Folks, this is a really, really, really good checklist that Gabriel I mean, I, put my, together. I, I did have a friend named Google, <laughs> uh, as well as you know, a little bit of what's in my brain. You mean you cheated? You, mean, you, do, you mean I research things research, for the show? Research. That's right. crazy talk. Yes, yeah. yes <laughs> okay. I do. Okay. Well, so also just of note, you know, many of you uh, clients of ours, you know, you know this, we get together in the early parts of the year, usually sometime in, in the first um, three, four months of every year. And uh, during that time, we might review many goals for the year. So some of these come from that list. Things like, uh, number one, uh, do I need income this year? <laughs> this is a very easy question, right? Yeah, it sounds like, well, of course, but, <laughs> but you know, every January, folks, we have cash flow meetings with, uh, with you and uh, and to figure, to make sure that you have the income that you need. Now, to know that, you need to know your budget. So I, I, do you have budget on this uh, checklist? Well, it's related to this number one. Oh, okay, it's not a standalone item, but yeah, let me elaborate on that as well. So, you know, 1231 of last year ticks over. It's now January 1st. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. The question is, okay, do I need to, uh, looking ahead for this year, 2023, do I need to make any adjustments or changes to my planned income? Now, this is pretty easy if you're working because you probably have a salary still, I would assume, I would hope. Yes. Now, you could ask yourself even questions there such as, do I get a raise this year? <laughs> Should I get a raise this year? Should I talk to my boss about that? Uh, you know, but uh, when you're retired, it's a little bit different. The question is, you, you likely have a certain amount of income you're receiving each month, and sometimes that can shift and change. For example, we have certain clients that are waiting to start Social Security. Mm -hmm. We've got clients that are switching income from different buckets of accounts. Yes. Uh, we've got clients that uh, maybe we're going to retire halfway through the year. Uh, so you, what you're wanting to check on here is, what is my income plan for this year, and is there anything I need to pay attention to if, if that's going to be shifting around or moving uh, bits and pieces here and there? So I can map out where my income is going to come from this year. Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, and you were asking about budget. Uh, yeah. Your budget's, of course, a big part of that. Yeah. So what we find, folks, is most, most of you have an idea of what you spend. But I'll tell you, many conversations that I have, Gabriel, are, you know, I'd like to spend more. You know, I want to have some more fun, or I'm so used to being frugal. Uh, you know, I don't want to live my retirement being frugal. You know, I, I, I want to feel at ease. I want like a certificate that says, you know, like a hall, <laughs> like a hall pass. You know, it says, yes, you can spend a little bit more Free money. Free to spend. Right. So that's all cash flow planning and yeah. where you need to know your budget. And then you need to know, as you said, Gabriel, 
where is this money coming from? Yeah, and for look, for some some of our clients out there, some of you listening to the show, it might already be on what we call autopilot. Oh, yes. I'll okay, be. so if you're already taking your RMDs uh, on autopilot, if you've got a monthly paycheck from Social Security that just comes in and that's on autopilot and you've got your pension and that's on autopilot and you've got a systematic distribution that you know is going to last the full year, and that's on autopilot. Or you an, may not or, have, or an annuity. Uh, yeah, you may not have uh, any changes here, but uh, many people do fall into that category where it's going to be shifting and moving around. Or to your point, maybe you want to spend more this year, or you feel like you need more because inflation's ticked up. So all of these things go into planning for your income for the year, and that's really why that's number one because you want to have a you want to have that plan mapped out now, not at uh, the end of the year. Yeah, and there, folks, there are tax imp. Implications? Did I say that? Tax implications. Impla, 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 implications. <laughs> implications to how you take your income, whether you take it from an IRA, from uh, non-qualified funds. Maybe you, um, maybe you inherit. Like I had a client uh, in the other day, Gabriel, that inherited some money. It's all sitting in cash. So we're going to use that money this year because it's already in cash. Mm -hmm. So those are. Uh, I had another client whose rental income went down because uh, they made some changes. I won't get into that, but those are the kind of things that you want to take care of in January, yep. February. Just get make sure. So, so, And the point is, so you have peace of mind for the rest of the year. You can well, I, and yeah, and I use this analogy a lot. You're going on a yearly, uh, you're going on a road trip this year in your car, okay, uh, 12 months, and you, you should probably know where you're headed. Well, that's kind of mapping out your journey, and that's your income in this analogy. Okay, you want to map out your income so you know where it's going to come from each and every month ahead. I wish you hadn't used the analogy of a car. Why is that? Because now I'm thinking about the car I want to buy <laughs> that you don't think I'm going to buy. <laughs> Folks, in case you're wondering, Steve and I have a bet that he's going to not buy a certain car that he says he's going to buy when his lease comes up. So I'm going to buy it. We'll see. We'll tell you more about that in a in later a, in time. Another, in another session. <laughs> yeah. Well, so number two is actually very close. On, on Number two on our list is very close to number one, but it's related. If you have not yet taken your Social Security, very, very typical question I get in start of the year meetings or early in the year meetings is, uh, Gabe, uh, should we take it this year? What do you think? Mm. Even if they, even if a client has thought that they were going to wait till seventy or sixty-seven, uh, usually at some point it pops up. Uh, if they're waiting, uh, what do you think? Should I still wait, or should I continue to? Uh, sorry, should I continue to wait, or should I take that this year? Yeah, and that's very individual uh, decision based on the amount of assets you have, based on your income shortfall for the year, where all the money is coming from. So th there's no hard uh, core answer to that, Gabriel. Well, it's interesting. Uh, there are some, I think, rules of thumb. And what I find is, is re very reminiscent of what I actually tell people early on. So I do have clients that come to us and they haven't taken Social Security and they are very adamant that they're going to wait till 70. And, you know, we go through this whole conversation about pros and cons. And, and I tell people, in general, if you're going to be withdrawing, say, 30000 a year this year from your investment accounts when you could be getting that from Social Security, m most of the time the financials actually say you should draw from Social Security instead of depleting your investment account. Especially if they're down. Especially <laughs> if the market's down. Which and, they are. <laughs> and, and so what's interesting is I'll have people initially be like, Gabe, no, I, every, uh, wait till 70. I'm going to wait till 70. And then the reason it pops up is because when it comes time looking ahead this year to say, 
wait a second, I have to pull $30,000 from my investment accounts this yeah. year? Maybe I do want to start Social Security. And it's kind of interesting because that's that's kind of real-life psychology that I get to see that a lot of people don't initially see themselves. I see that with other people. It just tends to happen over time. So, yeah. so maybe this year you were planning on taking from your portfolio, but the market was down last year. You have Social Security as an option to kick in. If you're curious about whether or not you should do that, we should get together and we should talk about it. Absolutely, uh, especially when the market is down. Yeah, well, yep. absolutely. So, I have a bias here, Gabriel, because I don't believe in waiting till 70. Because I say take them, it takes nine, 10 years to break even. No, it's longer than that. We've, and we've talked For, about that. 12 a year. Nine, well, I thought it was nine, 10. There. <laughs> All right, straighten me out I'll here. Straight. Straighten me out here, son. Okay, pops. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, so if you take it at, at from what age and what age? 70 versus what age? Full retirement age. Versus 67? Yeah. It's around a 10-year break even, but that doesn't include opportunity costs. Okay, I agree. Okay. Yeah. So the true break even, if you will, is actually much longer than that. So in other words, from that period of time, 67, 68, 69 you, through 70, right? You lose three and a half years. of. If you're drawing, let's say $30,000 a year for three full years, you just took out of your investments, and while the market's down, mind you right now, $100,000, okay? So not only is there the standard break even, right, between getting you know, higher payments to make up for that 100000 that you took out, but also what would that 100000 have grown to over the 10 years, over, that, yeah. over the next 10 years had you not withdrawn it? And that's always missing from all calculations you read when you hear about this. Everybody just conveniently forgets about it. That actually pushes back that break-even point almost 15, 16 years, depends on what the money would have been invested in. Yeah, that's really an important so, point. So I, imagine I, the rule of 7.2, which yeah. says money doubles every 10 years. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that 100000 that you took out, if you're in 7.2%, would then be worth another $100,000 10 years later. So you're really making up for $200,000 from your higher Social Security payment, not just $100,000. Right. So you won't see the benefit of that until you're like 85 years old. Uh, in some who, cases, and, some <laughs> cases 90. And who cares? <laughs> At that age, yeah. it's like, I'm just happy to get up and have a good day. So it's interesting when you start to really delve into the math, sometimes the light goes off and people say, oh, yeah. Why am I doing that? <laughs> well, so. it, it's because uh, you see a lot of information like on your Pundits. friend Google, yeah. Google yeah. that says, wait until 70. It's going to yeah. really pay it's off. It's kind of like you. a parroted line that everybody takes, but nobody ever thinks yeah. about. What do you got yeah. next? What's well, Mr. Lewitt, yeah. coming up on item number three, our checklist for the new year, retirement preparation uh, financial planning checklist, is uh, have you come up with a plan if you haven't already, which I hope you have, uh, to handle the current market volatility that we are still experiencing in, in right in the midst of. Yeah. So, well, if you're our client, you have a plan. Uh, I think this is so important uh, for finances and peace of mind. Uh, Gabriel, um, I had a client in yesterday that said, well, what was your performance last year? Right, uh, and it was like, well, we were down last year because we were down less than most people, but we were we were down, and 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 she said, what do you think your performance will be this year? And it's like, <laughs> look, I don't know. 
And uh, investing is not a short term, so it's a headset. Am I can I, tell you what our performance will be this year. Up or down? No, so, no, I was going to say it'll, it'll be better than some and, and worse, worse than, than others. Worse than others, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Depending on the asset class you like. Why do I know that? Because we, we, we blend 20-plus asset classes together, so you'll never be the worst or the best. You'll have a, a mix of all of them. Yeah, so that helps prepare for volatility <laughs> because you have a, an efficient portfolio. But also, when you put time on your side, volatility becomes less important. And if you have your income uh, uh, earmarked differently from just pulling it out of the market, volatility becomes even less important in retirement. So the way to handle this is have a good plan. Yep, yep. So, so we don't. This could be an entire topic naturally, but the question I want you to think about here, if you haven't yet already. Uh, or if you're a client of ours and for some reason you, you are concerned. Concerned, which, yeah. Come you know, and talk to us. Most of, most of our clients aren't uh, because of the planning we do. But every now and then, you know, someone says, what did we do again? <laughs> you know, and it's good to review that. But if, you, if you're asking yourself, man, what's my plan this year to handle the volatility we saw in 2022 and whatever is going to happen in 2023? A lot of people are concerned that there's going to be a recession and that a recession is going to trigger more, you know, challenging market conditions. Right. So if you have doubts here, worries, then you want to come up with a plan or review your plan. And uh, we can certainly help you with that. I had a client last week that said, uh, asked me that question about a recession. And I said, can I be very honest with you? I have no I have no idea. I don't know. And she said, well, you're a professional. Shouldn't you know? <laughs> and I said, well, um, I guess I'm not that good of a professional. My crystal ball isn't that good. Well, it's it, you know, we deal in terms of probabilities in this business more than absolutes yes it's uh it's similar to um <laughs> the thought that came to mind i was watching a movie the other day where the uh, the president of the united states was asking his like um i don't know national security team like they were gonna go like do some some raid or something like that i was like i gonna know is so and so gonna be there and they're like sir we don't we don't deal in absolutes we deal in probabilities right it's like right. they don't know if some you know high level targets uh, in a building they they think they might be a pretty good chance high, right high, high probability right but yeah. you know so so that's kind of yeah i don't know why that th i just was watching a movie so that's what popped in my head but but that's kind of the idea here right is there a high probability of a recession uh, yeah you know there could be because there's a lot of warning signs flashing on the dashboard but funny enough, there's also a lot of counter warning signs saying everything's okay. So yeah. that's an interesting question. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Okay, uh, next checklist item yep. I've got for you here today is uh, what's my uh, cash plan for the year? Well, no, is that spe we already talked about spending. I'm not talking about spending money. Mm. What's my plan for my excess cash ah, this okay. year? okay. Okay. Yeah, and we are finding folks a lot of fo a lot of people have a lot of cash well, sitting around. Well, this is why I'm bringing it up because yeah. especially in years of choppiness like last year, it's common to be sitting on lots of cash. Uh, early parts of last year, interest rates quite frankly stunk, so most people were fine sitting on lots of cash, earning very little. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, a lot of people are still earning lots of cash in accounts that are paying very little. But there's a lot of new options that have changed that should be absolutely explored, in Ab our opinion. Absolutely. So, yeah. so look, you go on the internet, you go to bankrate.com and see, or go to different savings accounts and see what kind of interest you can, right, you can get, get on your cash. Just don't go into the bank and buy a one-year CD at 2.3%. Well, for example, Gabriel, 
we now have access to cash funds that are paying, what was it, 4 4%? It's a FDIC-insured money market account. It's, it's a floating rate, but it's currently paying 4.15%. 4.15%, totally liquid. So, so though that those are the kind of things. It's just a, it's a it's a bank program. It routes through other banks, um, but it's done. It's advisor driven through uh, through our system, and we help you get it set up. And the point is, is if you have it in your checking account earning point oh one, which those rates haven't changed much, uh, you're just lo- you're just losing money every month. Yeah, or if yeah. you're the, the kind of person that likes to have a hundred grand on hand because you just like to have a hundred grand on hand. Don't keep it in your checking or a low interest rate savings account. Call us or go on the internet and use one of the internet banking sites because you'll get a three. Yeah. Don't three don't earn a hundred dollars this year on that money. Earn four thousand. Exactly. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so ca- watch your cash because it kind of sits there and nobody wants to touch it because it's cash. But that should be a productive asset for you, not just something to give you uh, like a comfy blanket. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, so that was our fourth item here. Uh, our fifth and final one for today, just because uh, there's more here. We could uh, we could actually come up with a probably thirty checklist items, but I'll give you our top five here today. Uh, is you know reassessing your core financial priorities, mm-hmm. and now this is part of building a plan, but it's a more particular part of a plan, and I like to mention it very explicitly because. Uh, priorities shift and change. Mm-hmm. And I was just having a conversation even yesterday with, with a client in a review. And, you know, she she was saying to me uh, she she needs more income. And we talked about there's five core priorities, income, preservation, liquidity, uh, tax efficiency, and legacy, right? And so I, I was explaining this. I said, so it sounds like your priority has shifted now from just preserving your money to income, and if that's the case and the focus is income, we could optimize your plan towards that goal, yeah. right? Because different solutions are optimized towards different goals. And so if you're thinking that your priorities have potentially shifted, then you might want to review how that fits into your plan. And we come up with this, uh, when we visit with you folks uh, for an annual review or quarterly review, we... Uh, we, Gabriel and I are always looking, even though you may not even know it yourself. Like I had a client, uh, I don't know, three or four months ago, five years ago, they had no interest in leaving money to their kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, none. It was like, no, I'm going to die spending my last nickel. Now, they are fortunately still alive. They have no idea when they're going to pass away, and they have an awful lot of money. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, you know, we'd like to give this money to our kids and set up college funds for our grandkids. Yeah, the priority and, has and changed. And the priority has changed. So it's, uh, now we got to make an adjustment to your yeah. plan. That's the idea. And it's good to check in on that. It's good to review that. It's good to reassess how you're feeling about these things. Uh, Because once you make a change in your priority like that, the recommendations that we as your advisor or as advisors would make would also shift along with that priority change. Definitely. Definitely. Very important. So let's recap here. We have a couple of key checklist items for the year. Um, Do you have an income plan mapped out for this year month by month? Uh, If you're thinking about starting Social Security, when are you going to take that? Uh, Do you have a plan for this year's market volatility uh, that may continue? or a recession that may pop up? Uh, do you have a plan for your cash so that you're keeping up with and or beating inflation and making real money on your cash instead of sitting idle 
and then have your core priorities shifted or changed? And if so, has your plan shifted or changed around those? That's a great list. Okay. And so, and, folks. And now. And now, we, let and me and give you wait. our contact information. So, in case you're ready to talk oh, to us gonna about I was going to say, those. and now you need to resolve to go through the list. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, resolution, yes, to do those. Do send, send things here on today's <laughs> podcast. So, okay, give us a call if we can help in any way, 847-499-3330, or go to sglfinancial.com, click contact us, and or email us at info at sglfinancial.com. And let us know uh, what questions you have uh, so we can answer them on the show, any ways that we can help you, schedule a time to talk to us. But otherwise, we are just wishing you a very happy and wonderful week. Stay well, Stay everybody. Well. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Our Two Cents with Steve and Gabriel Lewitt. For any questions about your finances, give SGL a call at 847-499-3330 or visit us on the web at sglfinancial.com. And be sure to subscribe to join us on next week's episode. Investment advisory services are offered through SGL Financial LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance and other financial products are offered separately through individually licensed and appointed agents.